I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. If you're creating nerdy tunes, we've got you covered. Nerdy FM is the Nerdy Show Network's nerd music podcast hosted by me, Mark with a C. We feature the best in geek rock, nerdcore, comedy, VGM, and every genre in between. The biggest artists alongside awesome up-and-comers with rare tracks, exclusive live recordings, and a massive archive to keep you rocking the nerd world over. Tune in exclusively through the Nerdy Show Network. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Network. Geeky programming for all nerds and otaku across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination. And with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geek programming, visit nerdyshow.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Wicked Anime Podcast. This is episode 133. I am your stupid awesome analyst, John Starr, and with me is the hard man with higher pins, Andrew. Hi. And our king baby duck, Evan. Hey. I... We lost the Super Bowl. <laughs> I have an employee at work. Every day he's come in this week, and it just he's just goes like, oh, guys, guess what? Patriots lost the Super Bowl. Because <laughs> He's like, and, and his reason for hating the Patriots is because he can't afford a ticket anymore because they're too good. <laughs> it's like, me and my dad used to go to the Patriots game all the time when we were growing up. Drew Bloodsoe and everything, and now I can't go anymore because they're <laughs> winning and I can't afford a ticket. Back in my day, we used to like going to Patriots games when they sucked. <laughs> we would leave in the third quarter and get home and tie right before even the game even ended. <laughs> Those were the days. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, before we get into what we're going to be talking about today, which is going to be an interesting topic, uh, life before anime... What kind of hobbies and things did we do before we were so obsessed with anime that we talk about it on the internet for free? Yes. How does how do people who used to not like anime end up with not one but multiple full entire shelves? And we're talking like <laughs> five five to six foot shelves filled with nothing but anime boxes that have yet to be unpacked from the last time I moved. That still have anime DVDs in them. <laughs> Old anime DVDs that are still in plastic wrap, and we haven't opened them yet. We just own them on DVD. Anime that we bought for a dollar just because it was a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> yes. How do, yes, how do people like that in their humble beginnings not like anime? What, what did they do before? Yes. What did they do beforehand? And it's also a good topic to talk about before Con Month, which, which starts next episode. Yeah. Looking uh, forward to that. Uh, 
before con month because hey we're going to a convention where we talk about literally nothing but anime for three days yep and yeah. uh we have some kind of updates as far as that goes our anime boston upcoming experience mm. and all that good stuff who's gonna be there that's true yeah who's gonna be there hmm. maybe there'll be more by the time that we're we record that. Talking about who's going to be there might be good to wait until Kanma. I really hope that Kari Walgren is there again because they just announced at C2E2 that she is going to be reprising her role as Haruko Harahara in Fooly Cooly Season 2 and 3, which I'm pumped! <laughs> I really hope that they announce Elfin Lead Season 2. They won't, but I really but hope just they saying. announce... <laughs> Elfin Lead Season 2. Really hope that Will Friedle shows up and says, hey, we're starting Thundercats up again. That's right. I was actually literally just about to make another Thundercats joke. <laughs> See, there's a and, twin connection. A twin yeah, and, and say, hey, Thundercats Season 2 is actually going to continue because we got ghost funding out of nowhere. Oh. <laughs> and then Steve Bloom and Wendy Lee will pop up and be like, oh, guys, guess what? Mega's XLR is back. <laughs> oh, I thought you were actually going to say something about Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> no, but I totally think the viewers or listeners were going to be thinking that. <laughs> Where we say, hey, look, Cowboy Bebop Season 2, and we all say, how? <laughs> <laughs> Without spoiling anything. The next generation. <laughs> hey, well, exactly, yeah. exactly. Spike's love child. <laughs> he has to have, like, five of them to someplace. Somewhere. No. It's a vast one. universe. Yeah. Space Dandy is Spike Spiegel's love child. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Actually, that makes a lot of sense. We should start a fan theory. <laughs> no, we shouldn't. <laughs> so before- you know, while watching Space Dandy, I was waiting for like the final episode to like be like Spike Spiegel waking up from the fever dream that uh, Toys in the Attic caused him. <laughs> oh, yeah. What? Like, oh, man. like the, uh, just like the way that they did that Malcolm in the Middle parody with Brian Cranston after Breaking Bad ended. Yeah. Yep. Um, well, I I almost think that the the Toys in the Attic fever dream was the episode where he was in that amusement park being followed around by that fat guy with, with the sniper rifle and the top hat. Oh, Pierre Lefou. Yeah, that episode is just freaking bizarre. Wasn't but that episode awesome, though. done by uh, Takashi Kuike? Something like that. It was some some weird director. It was a guest director. Yeah, did that episode, and you were just like, yeah, I can tell. I love that episode. Do I you? feel, mm. yeah. I thought it was so weird. I do. I thought it was weird, and I felt so bad for the sniper rifle, the top yeah, hat guy. Yeah, I, I feel bad. You feel bad for him, yeah. Yeah. By the end of it, you feel really bad for him. Poor top hat guy. Mm-hmm. So before we get into all this other stuff, I wanted to address something to our listeners, our fans, our loyal fan base. Um... So the Nerdy Show Network has just been outreached by an incredible opportunity that we think is only fair to let you know about now. Because eventually, you are going to be hearing potential ads on Wicked Anime. And all shows of the Nerdy Show Network. The reason for this is because we were picked up by a... uh, We, as in the entire network, not just Wicked Anime. The entire Nerdy Show Network was picked up by Cabana. How convenient to come at a time when we just lose our YouTube funding. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, so. I don't think I should have laughed at that. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! You guys lost your income. That dollar a month is really going to get us places. <laughs> um, but Cabana 
is a company that is, they're a distribution company, but they also are a company that runs ads. I mean, how else does a podcast distribution company make money? Um, otherwise we would have to be paying them. Now I know that when people hear ads and doing advertisements for shows and everything like that, they think sellout, right? But kind of, I mean, here's the thing. When you're an independent business and you run everything on your own, it's healthy for that independent business to reach out and use products that you care about. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm really hoping that we do get the opportunity to advertise for cool people. Yeah, how cool would it be if we were running ads on our show for things like Funimation, new Funimation releases, Crunchyroll releases? Not necessarily. Right stuff. Yeah, not necessarily that we have that option, though. Exactly. But it's a, it's a theory. We don't exactly know how this is going to go quite yet. But we do know that this is something that is going to happen. Um, so I just want to say that... Our fans are still the most important part of our show. Um, and I think Cabana is going to be the company that's going to allow us to reach more of you. And I hope, like, I, of course, everybody hopes that they don't get left behind in the dust. Like, all the people who have been at our side since the very beginning when we were this big. You can't see me, but my fingers are so close together right now. <laughs> we're looking at you, people who are hunting with us in the Wicked A squad in yeah. Monster Hunter World. Yeah. <laughs> Which I actually need to get back on. <laughs> <laughs> me too, me too. Um, but yeah, you know, we still think that all of you are the most important people in the world. Uh, there's still going to be Nerdy Show Patreon where people can support the Nerdy Show Network and they still get their, you know, their rewards for doing so and everything like that. Um, there's still going to be the Nerdy Show website. It's just going to be a way for us to further reach more people as an audience through this company, Cabana. And because of that, we have to put run ads on our shows. Um, so... I hope that it won't be too encumbersome for you to stop listening to us or anything like that. And I don't think it will. I hope it's not too encumbersome for us. For if us. We, if we start getting tons and tons of new followers that we have to keep. <laughs> We're going to, how are we going to carry all these fans? We can't answer. We need all a bigger questions. venue now. Yeah. We, we need a. Who knows? I mean, this could lead to like bigger, like the podcast becoming bigger in some fashion. Maybe. Maybe fancier recording. It would be everybody's dream to have to have them doing a podcast full time, right? I mean, yeah. no. <laughs> well, I mean, like, think about it. You know, all those people out there who who totally dream about or who have dreamed about making a living off of just their YouTube channel, and they've done it. You know, people who just talk about the things that they like, movies. They talk about game theories. They talk about all that stuff. And they're making, I mean, they, they're playing video games and they're making a million dollars a day from all the clicks that they get on their videos. Um, it would be cool to be a part of that. And while I'm not saying it's guaranteed for this, it might be a cool shot. Yeah, and it's a possibility. It's a possibility. Slight possibility. So uh, with that, just for our listeners right now, be prepared for that in the future. And we're still going to be the same Wicked Anime. I promise you Because we're looking out for you guys. I <laughs> promise you that. So it's time to ring the news bell! <laughs> oh, shoot. Hang on. Wait. Wait. Wait, hold on. Wait. Wait. 
Yay! <laughs> so, um, I want to I want to talk about Nintendo for a second. Uh, Nintendo has just announced a new mobile app for Mario Kart. It's called Mario Kart Tour. Don't even need a, a system anymore to be playing Mario Kart with this new Mario Kart Tour app. Now, I'm wondering, picture this. It, there's There hasn't been much said about the project at all, other than it's announced and it's going to be out by 2019. Is it going to be like The Crew except Mario Kart? <laughs> That's <be> sweet. <laughs> uh... We gotta drive to Rainbow Road, Yoshi. Did you guys see the meme that's popping up? What, what uh, Elon Musk, Musk's Tesla space car is doing right <laughs> yeah, now? And it's like going Rainbow down Road. Road, Rainbow Road. <laughs> yeah. Um, so here, picture this: Pokemon Go, mm-hmm. but Mario Kart. You get in your car. You turn on your GPS. You play it for about a week, and then nobody plays it ever again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But you make a billion dollars doing it. You make a billion dollars doing it, though. Um, this is my only my theory about what the app could possibly be, because they're trying to revive, revitalize that Pokemon Go money that they had. It would make convoy driving so much more fun. Like, uh-oh, <laughs> someone's got the blue shell. <laughs> Somebody just, like, swerves off the road, like, suddenly. Yeah. You're just listening to your GPS. Your GPS is like, turn left, and then Mario... Uh oh, someone's about to pass you. <laughs> Mario never said that in in Mario Kart, though. Yeah, well, he says like, it's a me. Here we go. <laughs> Turn <to> the left. <laughs> oh no, rerouting. Yeah. <laughs> Route recalculation. It's like the worst Mario impressions, like collectively. Just like, you have arrived at your destination. It's time to go to the party! <laughs> <laughs> I'd put it on Waluigi settings. Yeah, yeah. I think everybody would. So, okay. Turn left, then turn right at the second light. <laughs> he just brings you to tennis courts everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Why are we at another tennis court, Waluigi? <laughs> Wait. Which, not to be off topic, I am looking forward to that new Mario Tennis game that's coming out next month. There's always tennis. <laughs> so, um, so that's two things about this. Mario Mario Kart Tour could either be a Pokemon Go thing where you have to drive your car in order to get points or whatever. Or it could be a GPS system. Yeah, I bet you it's going to be neither one of those things. I bet it's going to be if somebody else is playing Mario Kart Tour on their phone while you're in your car. So, uh, it's going to like let you know that they're about to pass you and it's going to cause lots and lots of accidents. <laughs> Just like Pokemon Go caused lots and lots of accidents. <laughs> people throwing bananas out their windows at people. <laughs> Shells. <laughs> turtle sales have gone up! <laughs> well, yeah, we should put but all of our stocks have in also turtles. gone up. We should, put, we should buy all of our stock shares in turtles. Red turtles. Red turtles. And then everybody's going to be... And Blue Turtles, too, because that's how you win the race. Uh, and that's how we're going to make all of our money from now on. We're going to invest in Turtles, and when Mario Kart Tour comes out, we'll we'll be in, rolling in the dough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, I don't know what that is, but I'm curious about it just because Mar- or Nintendo's app-building 
skills have been through the roofs recently, and I think that they could do some pretty cool stuff with it. Well, I feel like I just had a fever dream because I have no idea what you just talked about, and I, I had no idea that that was even a thing. Yep. <laughs> um, how about uh, one the One Punch Man artist uh, doing a Back to the Future manga? Ooh, man, that's going to be amazing. <laughs> it's uh, From what the article is saying, it's literally just going to be a reprinting of the entire first movie screenplay. That's it. Just in manga form? Just in, just in manga form. Come on, you, you, you're not going to take the animated series that came out and turn that into a manga? There were some golden episodes in those, by the way. Yeah, um, the comic book series made it to Nerdy Show's top 20 things, top nerdy things of the year in 2016. Because it was so good. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it's done by the One Punch Man artist. Not the writer, the artist. Because obviously the writer doesn't need to do anything because it's already done. Yep. Uh, we're getting a new live action Bleach movie, which looks like it's based off of uh, the first season. Done with that story? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who cares? Um, oh, how about uh, the company that's redistributing Gunsmith Cats? Oh my gosh! Yes, well, yes. In they're, on they're that the Kickstarter. Yeah. yeah, that I'm. I'm. I'm actually. I'm down with that. I'm trying to decide whether or not I want to drop the whole hundred and fifty dollars on that really, really sweet pack. The fifty dollar pack gets me the Blu-ray and the art book that's gonna be happening. But the hundred and fifty dollar one had something on it that I was like, "Ooh, that might be nice." Mm-hmm. So I think it was you get three random. Of the extra add-ons. That's pretty cool. So basically all the leftover crap that is like, oh, nobody wanted to buy these. Kind of. Here you go. Um, so that's There's cool. a hug pillow with all the characters. <laughs> That'd <Ooh>. be great. <laughs> hug pillow? Yes, please. That sounds awesome. Uh, how about this story with a uh, Universal Studios Japan is opening up a Sailor Moon 4D ride. So okay, they get all the good stuff over there. Yeah, right. Um, it's better going to be at least better than Shrek forty. <laughs> guarantee that. Did you say Shrek forty? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. What, what do you think I said? I heard Trek forty. I was like, "What's that? Trek forty? Well, a Star Trek forty thing." That's would what be I awesome. would. I would think, but that would be much better. I mean, imagine there'd be a ride where it feels like you're in the bridge and yeah, being fired at. That'd be sweet. It would be sweet. So now it it seems like this does. It seems like it's going to be in a forty theater where you right. sit into in like a movie theater style setting like Shrek 40 and the chairs will move or the chairs will like vibrate and react and stuff like that and what happens is it actually takes place in Universal Studios Japan and some some evil person attacks Universal Studios Japan and the Sailor Scouts go through the park and save the day okay that's what it is about. Yep. So it's legit an advertisement for Universal Studios Japan within Universal <laughs> Studios Japan. That's right. Could you imagine at the end of it? Buy tickets! <laughs> Extend your vacation! Exit through the gift shop. Yep. Let's see. Anybody else got any, got any news pieces? What do you got, Evan? You got some news pieces. I know you do. We haven't gotten any strange news in a very long time. How about now? We haven't got anything like that in a while. How about this one? Uh, an unemployed businessman and a teen schoolgirl team up to steal manga. 
What? They got arrested in Japan. Steal manga. Do you remember that movie? Why would you steal manga? It's like three bucks. Yeah, I know. It's so cheap over there. Do you I remember know. that movie? What was it called? God Bless America? Yeah. The one where... The that... one that, um, what's his name directed? Uh, Bobcat Goldthwait. Did Did he really direct that? Yeah, he directed that. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that either. That movie was weird. That movie was really weird. <laughs> We're acting as partners in a heist attempting to steal 38 volumes of manga. <laughs> Roughly 188 US dollars. I don't know if I would call... What is it? 33 volumes of manga? 38. 38 volumes. I don't know if I'd call that a heist. Yeah, I don't know. Like, did they hold up the place and just be like, all right, put all the manga in the bag? I wonder. Um... And then they paid for it. And he was like, what? why did you hold this up? And where did they go to steal all this manga? Uh, just two days before, images of a man and a woman resembling the arrested pair were caught on surveillance cameras in the very same bookstore, stuffing an incredible 100 volumes of manga in paper bags they were, carry- they were carrying before leaving the store without paying for them. Oh, jeez. <laughs> pa- why would you do it in a paper bag? As soon as it's overstuffed, rip up. There goes all the hard work we just did. <laughs> Oops. I was going to say that, I mean, stealing stuff in Japan is really easy because their registers are nowhere near the door. So you can just be like, okay, see you later. Bye. Yeah, I know. And I don't, I don't know if they do anything because J- Japanese people are so non-confrontational. They just be like, could you please not do, okay, or I'll see ya. <laughs> you know, like, it's just, don't you come back here, shakes fist in the air. <laughs> stealing is bad. Don't do it. Yes, we're not, we're not endorsing stealing. I'm just saying. You can it, do it in Japan. It's it, easy. It, yeah, it's, <laughs> but it's also probably like really bad. <laughs> probably shame they, on everybody. I mean, like, like they got caught, therefore it's like terrible. They'll cut off your hands. Oof. Yeah. No, it's Thailand. Um. <laughs> all right, I've got something here. Okay. Uh, Crunchyroll revealing the most popular winner simulcasts uh, for anime in the United States. This is strange news. Oh, no, 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 no. This is regular news. I didn't know that we were moving on oh. st- through Strange News. No, th- we're, we're just, like, pooling I, news together at okay, this point. I, I thought I, I was I was going to expect something, like, really strange. <laughs> like, oh, okay. What was it? No, we just... Now, the way that we've turned our show is kind of just, like, a news potluck. Yeah. Surprise, <laughs> it's being in a parallel world with your smartphone. That's the best show ever. <laughs> oh. That is strange. <laughs> <laughs> What is it, Evan? So, coming in on top in 12 states, Darling in the Franks was the most popular si- uh, series. Ooh, really? With Overlord Season 2 uh, being the second most popular. Okay, so I would believe that Overlord Season 2 would be the second most popular because Season 1 was really good and everybody was really anticipating the second season. But the second season isn't great right now. Yeah. Um, and not only is Overlord Season 2 not really that great right now, but so isn't Darling of the Franks. And... It's really not that good of a show. I know. I mean, I'm kind of disappointed. And so my question for that is because it's A1 Pictures and Studio Trigger, but it almost seems like that Studio Trigger did all the design work and they're, and A1 Pictures is like the story side. They vomited It kind of does look like that, yeah. Because it doesn't, I mean, yes, it's got the weirdness of Studio Trigger, but I think they're just like... I don't know. It's it, it's kind of like how when they did when supernatural but uh, powers or battles yeah, yeah, become yeah, yeah. commonplace. Yeah, yeah. I, I, me personally, I guys, love that show though. 
Me personally, yeah, a Superpowers Commonplace was really awesome, but Darling of the Franks is not. Like, it's really not that great. I don't, I don't know what you feel, how you feel about it, but I, I don't. Think I it's mean, good. I'm enjoying it, but I'm not enjoying it as much as I liked uh, Kill a Kill or Little Witch Academia. Yeah, I mean, I'll probably continue to watch it just to see what happens, but I'm only on episode two and. Watching episode one and then watching episode two, I've just been like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. Yeah, I just don't, I don't get it. I don't really like it. It's just weird. It's just so strange. Yeah, and episode four was really bad because they, it was just an episode where they literally reiterated everything that happened in the first three episodes, and it wasn't a recap episode. It was just a waste of time. That's what it was. Episode five was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. But fifth episode was pretty good. But, but episode five, like saying that episode five is really good is like saying, hey, you have to read or watch all this before you get to the good part. And I don't want to say that to people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to have a good show, it should be good from the beginning. Let me take a look at this Darling of the Franks Wikipedia page and see exactly who is doing what. It says it's a co-production. Yep. Um, I, I, I don't know who. Yeah, <laughs> those are just names. They're just names, and I don't know names enough. You know what? It's best to, like, look it up on Anime News Network, because that way you can click on the names and be like, oh, they did this, and they did that. I kind of want to more see what studio they work for. Here we go. Um, the director is, uh, Atsuchi, uh, Nishigori, and Toshifumi Akai with Atsushi Nishigori as the writer, and the studio listed is A1 Pictures. Interesting. So, but what I want to know... Yeah, so the studio that it's under is listed A1 Pictures for all these. So what I want to know is what the... What studio trigger... Okay, so here we go. Um, Episode 4, my least favorite one... Was directed by uh, Yuichi Shirohima, uh, Shimohira, and the writer was Naokata Hayashi, and the studio was Studio Trigger. Interesting. So. And then A1 Pictures for Episode 5. And then A1 Pictures for Episode 5. So it's almost like that they were writing the same story. I mean, and that's really weird that A1 Pictures did Episode 1, 2, and 3, and then Episode 4, which I hated, was a recap of everything, was Episode 4. Done by Studio Trigger. Done by Studio Trigger, which is almost like, hey, let's write the same show, but we're not going to show each other our scripts. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like they do for the Dragon Ball Super manga and anime? Eh, kind of. I don't know. We got to find out Find out exactly. Yeah, we'll, we have to dig more into this, because having these two studios together is kind of confusing. Mm-hmm. And we have to blame somebody! <laughs> but, I, but I'm sorry, guys. Whoever out there likes Darling of the Franks, I just don't get it. It's just... The whole allegory of children having sex with each other, I'm just not cool with that. But they don't. I understand that, but it's just not... I, I, I did find it very interesting, though, that... Uh, I And I, I understand the message that they're going for. The message is... Is uh, is actually kind of... Is, is sort of a noble message where they're... I, I, I don't think they're going about it in the right way, but I think I know what they're going for, which is... Um, Sex without affection is useless. Uh, and Because, you know, you had that second episode where she's like, oh, well, you kissed her and the, and, the, and it works, so I'm going to kiss you and we're, and we're going to be able to pilot. But she kissed him without any kind of affection. She just kissed him because... She thought it would work. Because she thought it would work and then it didn't. 
So, yeah, so I understand the, like, the messaging behind it and the weird allegorical innuendo of the whole show. I just don't think it's working. And, and I just, it, it's just strange to me. And I, I don't, I don't know. Um, I, I do, however, find it interesting that that girl has actual real life feelings for Hiro, the main character. Like Zero she, Two? Zero Two or Ichigo? Uh, Ichigo. Okay. So Ichigo likes Hiro on a personal level, not on a pilot partner level. Right. Like she likes him, but he can't pilot with her. Right. Which and, upsets her. And you don't really know what Zero Two's game is yet. Like it's just it her her game is just odd. Mm-hmm. Um so and it, so it's kind of upsetting for Ichigo that she has to pilot and partner with this other guy who seems to be a very nice guy but she doesn't like him the way that she likes Hiro. Right? Like she like she actually likes Hiro on a personal level. Ichigo and, likes hmm. Hiro on a personal level but in Zero 02 doesn't. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Or something like that. It's almost I, it's almost as if like like they still got 19 more episodes to I know. Episode, <laughs> but... <laughs> yeah, I, but, I don't but know. But that was like, that was the one thing about Darling of the Franks that I thought was interesting hmm. is that Ichigo actually likes Hero on a personal level. Yep. And I don't, I haven't watched it any further, but it, but he messed it up at the end of that episode, not because he did anything, just because he couldn't pilot with her. Mm-hmm. Right. You know? And so now I don't know how Ichigo actually feels about Hero. Like, does she still like him on a personal level, or, or like, what's going on? Because she's obviously jealous I, that Zero Two. I know him. in the, I know in the latest episode, episode six, is where you see that she becomes a little bit more protective of Hero. Yeah. Oh, Ichigo does. Yeah. Episode yes. episode five um, moves on finally. They kind of get somewhere. Okay. And it's a trudge to get through yeah. <laughs> those those first like five episodes, but they get somewhere and. Boy, is Zero Two absolutely the antagonist of this. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, just... Um, but but it is going for the fact... So it, it is pitting these two girls against each other for yes. Hero. Yes, it is. Okay, so so that is... That's, that's like, my question of it. So so Ichigo still does like Hero. Yeah. And yes. Then, and Zero Two is, like, the antagonist of the whole thing. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Interesting. And, and boy, do I hate her. She's like, do you awful. really? She's awful. You're nice. I hate Zero Two so much. <laughs> anyway, um, but she's got a great character design, though. When did we personality? When did we, ter- when did we so transition much. into what we're watching? <laughs> I, know, I yeah. don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, we're not there yet. At least we don't have to talk about it when we actually. Yeah, get we don't there have now. to talk about Darling <laughs> on the Fox, so that's great. Um, okay, so then my next piece, which is definitely more recent but not as recent when this episode comes out, has to do with the opening ceremonies of the Olympics, which happened only a couple days ago. Uh, I love the Olympics. Anybody who's listening to the show, have we been around long enough to be a part of an Olympics? Yeah, we have to, because it's every two years. Uh, I love the Olympics, and this time we're getting a winter one, and in two more years we're going to get the summer games in Japan. Oh my god! I want to be there too. Um... (laughs) I just want to point out how touched I was and how cool it was to see Korea walking as an independent nation. Right. Like, they, wa- they weren't walking, because the games are taking it taking place in Korea. They're taking place in South Korea. Right. Um, but Korea came out as Korea. They had a new flag. It was a white flag with, the, with a blue 
Korea, like the entire country of Korea on their flag, and that was their symbol. Really? Yeah. And like they, North and South Korea? North and South Korea, North and all South. on one flag, all one color, no divide. And that was the flag that they walked out with. And there were two flag bearers. One was from South Korea and one was from North Korea. Seriously? Yeah. That's odd. It's very odd. And uh, during the opening ceremonies, as they were walking out, both there was a consultant for North Korea, and then there was the prime prime minister or president. I, I don't know who what their wasn't it the sister of Kim Jong Un that came. She was also there. Yes, there were two people from North Korea: the sister of Kim Jong Un, and then there was this um, representative guy, and then there was like the leader of South Korea there too. And they were both up, standing, cheering, happy, yay. Uh, all the South, uh, all uh, all the South Koreans. Well, all the Koreans looked happy. They were proud to be there at the Olympics. Everybody was standing up cheering. Um, yeah, it was it was great. I thought that that was that was something good to point out there. However, they got blown out in hockey. <laughs> <laughs> um, Who did the... on the first day of Korea? So get this. There, here's a story behind it too. Which is, is kind of tragic because I also wanted like a, an awesome story for Korea. But uh, South and North Korea are playing on the same hockey team. Ooh, really? So, and apparently the problem that they're having, there's a language barrier. Who would have thought? You know? And we, I was talking about this with Christina a couple days ago about like, wow. Um, it's, it's crazy to think that like when we have accents in america it's like oh you sound like a cowboy from texas um or you sound like boston um you know um and then you have a whole different dialect that uses a kanji or whatever squiggle line you know sort of language <laughs> uh and uh then you have an accent that suddenly you can't understand what they're saying anymore so that's the problem that they had with hockey is that the teammates couldn't properly communicate with each other in order to get together as a coherent team. Now, they played against Switzerland in the first round Mm -hmm. of hockey, and they got blown out eight to nothing. Wow. Well, it's Switzerland. They're like like one of the best countries when it comes to hockey. I know. (laughs) But but Korea... You can't... They they have ice for breakfast. Like, it's just like... It's cold up there, yo. Korea has had five shots on net the entire game. Oh, my God. And as opposed to Switzerland, who had, like... 56. It was just complete and total domination. Yeah, forget this. Let's hate each other again. Yeah. Um, so I was hoping that it would be like, yeah, they're winning because they're working together. Peace. Yeah. But we don't have that yet. Not yet. Not yet. So um, yeah. hopefully there will be somewhere in the Olympics that that will happen. Um, but then also on the other side of hockey, women's uh, women's beach volleyball. Uh, hockey. No. Oh. Yeah. Women's <laughs> hockey. Also happened, and they lost to Sweden, but not as bad. They they lost one, uh, two to one. Can't go against those Swedish pagans. <laughs> but uh, but I was kind of bummed out because uh, actually we were hoping to have Derek on this episode so that we could do a hockey topic, which will come in the future. And believe me, it's going to be amazing. Yes, you, you hear oh hockey, and then but believe me, we have something great in mind for for a hockey topic. Um, for a later date, but I was hoping that we could do it for, in honor of the Olympics. Um, but it really stinks because everybody in Japan loves women's hockey more than anything. Like, women's hockey is awesome. It is. It is awesome. But in Japan, the Japanese hockey team is 
by far better while watching the women play. Yeah. So, in the same way that America loves watching the women soccer during the summer, that's Oh, yeah, better. women's soccer is so yeah. much better. So than, much better than men's soccer. Than the wussy men's oh, yeah. soccer. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just because knee. they take off their shirts when they celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> they wear sports bras. Calm down. <laughs> so, um, I just wanted to point that out for for the Olympics. I love the Olympics. Going to be watching, looking at the medals. U.S. is in fourth place right now. Germany actually has the most medals right now. So, yeah. Germany! Actually, you know what? I'm sorry. That's not true. Uh, who has the most medals? I, ha- I-, I got an app uh, for it. Germany is in first place because they have the most gold medals. But there's actually a country in third place that has eight medals. I saw that. I saw that this afternoon. Norway. Norway has eight medals, but they're all silver and bronze, as opposed to Germany, which has three gold and one bronze, totaling at four medals, but they're in first place because that's more points. And uh, I think the United States is like sixth. Nope, they're fourth. Oh, we're fourth now. We have two medals. Oh, not bad. We have one gold and one silver, So, which is weird because it's like we usually have like 50 by now. <laughs> yeah. And Russia is dead last because they weren't invited to this year's Olympics. Wait, are you serious? Uh... Not true. Uh, the country Russia is not being represented, but Russia is being represented by the Olympic athletes of Russia. Really? Yes. Because Seriously? there was a big doping scandal at the last Winter Olympics where it was being held in Moscow, and uh, oh. they told Putin, you are not allowed to come this year. Yep. Um, the Olympic athletes of Russia have one bronze medal right now. Canada's in ninth place. <laughs> They'll win hockey. They'll get gold in yeah, hockey. Yeah, they will. I hope so. <laughs> it's winter. It'll be this a reverse is your miracle. Time to shine, Canada. <laughs> USA just has price and net. That's it. <laughs> That's all they got going for them is they have price and net. And then it. But Canada, heck, you know, you got Patrice Bergeron and Brad Marchand. I don't think any of them are playing, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> it's all Canadians in an NHL is what we're trying to say. <laughs> it is. Yeah. And- and sometimes Russians. Yep. Um, okay, cool. So let's bring it over to what we're watching. Sure. Do we have any more news? Uh, well, it could kind of branch into to what we're watching because the first trailer for a show that I brought up during the wikis actually dropped. And that was the trailer for Dropkick on My Devil. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Go ahead. Our next uh, weird Moe cute show. So, Dropkick on My Devil is based on a popular manga series where <laughs> there's this girl who summons a demon to live in her apartment so they can share rent with one another. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good concept. I, I wasn't really super familiar with that. So, the demon, who can only return to hell when the other person dies, tries to kill her, but the actual roommate is much stronger than her. <laughs> All right. And the trailer came out for it, and it had this very, very serious tone. It looked like it was going to be some sort of action-packed, supernatural fantasy anime. But then all of a sudden, like, the last few seconds is, like, the cute little sneak demon girl going, Wait a minute, that's not what this show is like. What the hell is this trailer? (laughs) That's funny. I don't know if, um... If I'm actually watching, I, I think I watched something interesting over the past week, but I forget what it was. Before you go into that, we can talk about the shows that 
um, Mike, Wicked Fan Mike sent to us that he wanted us to highlight. Okay. Um, also, kind of news, but kind of what we're watching. Uh, he wanted to be sure. He, he, he It's been a while since he was in contact with us, so he wanted to give Andrew a welcome back. That's right. He yes. wanted to give an Evan a keep on jamming on No Boars, No Race. He's still listening. Thank you. And Thank you he wanted much. to welcome Derek, who's not here. Yeah. Uh, he wanted to welcome Derek to the show because he was like, yes, finally an, uh, an advocate for Dragon Ball Super. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, on top of that, though, he also wanted us to highlight the new badminton anime because he's not really a sports anime fan a fan of sports animes why man sports (laughs) animes are great but he was like it's all about that badminton Uh, look at those ladies play with that shellacock (laughs) which the the anime is called uh hanebado really yeah so uh, i uh i wonder how long it's gonna take them in the anime for like the birdie to actually get like stuck in the racket or <laughs> or if like or oh crap it is female yeah <laughs> great yes that's even better um i'll watch or or dude i love badminton so much badminton is is really it's fun. a fun sport but like how will you make it exciting <laughs> in an anime well they did it for haikyuu yeah but like shadowcocks don't really go that fast depending uh, on how hard you hit it i don't i don't know man I, I'm I'm pretty dang good at badminton. So I am too. I am too. I used to play it like crazy when I was a kid. So it's directed by the guy who did Gunslinger Stratos, um, and <laughs> okay. the series composition is being put together by Taku Kishimoto of Haikyuu. So there is actually somebody on record for that. Um, Studio Linden Films. I'm not familiar with them. They did the um, um, they did the Berserk movies. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. No. So no. Br- no. No. That's not an uh oh. An uh oh would be the if it was the TV series. I see. Oh, I see. That's true. Yep. So wait, this this is gonna be a two D thing, right? Not three D. Who knows? It better not. be Remember, 3D. we also have that vol that beach volleyball anime coming up in soon. That was also done by a three D studio, which so, actually looks good. So, uh, who knows? Who knows where we're going? But, okay, here's the thing. First, look at those uniforms. They, they're they one pieces, but they're like short, short one pieces, which is really weird right off the bat. Second of all, look at how much sweat is on there. We're going to have another ping pong moe. Yeah, that's scorching ping pong Scorching girls, ping pong girls. Where they're like the sweatiest. Which I would like a second season of that. That Come was on. the sweatiest oh, anime I've I ever seen. I could not seen. watch that show without feeling uncomfortable how sweaty they were getting. Like that was, that, I've never seen so much sweat in anime. Yeah. I don't get it. Well, they were scorching. It was hot. <laughs> it was like, oh my gosh, why is it so scorching paku, in here? Paku, 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 <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, so there was that. So he wanted uh, to point out to us that we gotta give love to the badminton sport. He's all about it. Man, I hope it's not Which currently has 12 volumes of the manga, so they have probably a good amount of material they can work with for this anime. Yep. Um, Apparently there's gonna be a new spinoff for the Sword Art Online series. Um, There's gonna be be a new Gundale series. Oh, I did hear about that. Hey, which, by the way, did you guys hear about the new Gungale uh, game? That's coming out for PS4 nope. and the like. Yeah, there's a Sword Art Online PS4 game coming out, and it looks like another game that already exists. I forget which one it is. Is it going to be a PUBG clone? No, no, no. Uh, but you actually 
get to create your own character. So you get to create your own character and play Gun Gale, but it has a story mode. And you fight people and giant monsters, and it kind of looks like Earth Defense Force, mm-hmm. but it's, it's a Sword Art Online skin. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of interesting with a crea- with a character creation system, right? So I'm kind of interested in seeing just what that's all about. Mm. And then, lastly, he wanted to point out, Gundam fans rejoice! There's a new Gundam Build Fighter series coming out. Yes, it's called Gundam Build Divers. Oh, uh, and no, it's not a swim anime. You're not oh. going to get those se- sexy swim robots. Yeah, um, but it is uh, like Gunpla sec- that you will be put digitally into an MMORPG. What? And then you fight. Gundams in an MMO. Okay, I like Gundam Build Fighters, but that sounds dumb. So, uh, instead of... What's the point? Instead of making the models, they'll be on hologram tables. No. (laughs) Maybe there will still be hot moms. Yeah. (laughs) Gundam Build Fighters, you gotta... You gotta live up to the hot mom ranking. I mean, you, you've created one of the hottest moms in all of anime history, so, you know, you gotta, you gotta make up. the next Wait, one. Wait, Ash's mom was in Gundam Builds? <laughs> I don't know. Dahlia Ketchum wasn't that attractive. Not as attractive as Raiko from Gundam Build Fighters. Got mom jeans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the internet was like, what's happening here? Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, I'm not really watching anything new either, but I have continued. I know that last week I said that I was probably going to drop, uh, ready to pop the question. The jewelers at blue have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Uh, how to take care of a mummy, but it's been too cute that I can't drop it. <laughs> I just can't. Dude, it's been like, it's like the comfort show of the week. I, I Like, like when, when you have a rough day at work, there's this cute little mummy, and he's there just to make you feel happy, okay? Listen, the last episode that came out, that girl character got her dragon, and... I, I, I love that dragon so much! I do, too. I really loved it, and I also love Connie, the, the Oni child. Yes! Like, they're all great. They're all great, but me there's Mikun is the best. Like, yeah. there's no doubt that Mikun is the best. But I I think that yeah, I think that the dragon really really got to me. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I, I I've still continued to watch that, and I really like it a lot. So I I'm not gonna drop it like I thought I was going to. Good good, uh, keep on going. <laughs> um, I did want to point out that season two of Dagashi Kashi now has a wonderful story plot going on for it that they introduced in the last episode. I won't spoil it, mm. but 
um, they they brought on a really great story point for such a cute little show, and I'm looking forward to it. I Me feel too. Like this this uh, season is a little bit dirtier than the past seasons have been. What do you mean? Like a little bit more etchy, like on the etchy side. Are you talking about Tagashikashi? Yeah. No, there hasn't been any like fan service in it. Well, I mean, not really. He's always yeah. like he's always like staring at her chest and like. He's like, always uh, been doing that, and, sh- and she's always like sucking on lollipops, and he's just like, "What's happening to me?" Yeah. You know, she was doing that in the first season. What are too. these feelings? I don't know. It's it's a lot more obvious in this uh, in this season. The I only real fan servicey thing I would say happened in season two is when um, when when the two girls played in the bathtub with those those weird little boat things. Right, that's fan servicey. But like when she's eating a popsicle and she's just like, "I'm gonna eat this popsicle in front of you," and he's just like, "Oh man!" <laughs> like that is just so phallic. Like no, like, it's just like it's a, you're treating it like it's that scene in A Sister's All You Need with Now Yuta trying to eat that egg. Yeah, no. <laughs> See, that was etchy. Well, I mean, that's because A Sister's All You Need was dumb. <laughs> just... I like. I enjoy. I feel much. I feel much safer watching A Sister's All You Need and admitting it and admitting that I like it than I would with Arrow Manga Sensei. <laughs> really interesting because I, I i don't know i'll stick with killing bites i think you're both guys. crazy <laughs> i think you're both crazy i remember the show that i wanted to talk about i uh, caught up on basilisk because okay. I'm, I'm a huge fan of the original and so i only watched the first episode originally and then i caught up on the rest of it and it's not good <laughs> i can officially <laughs> i can officially say now um the second episode was so confusing that it was almost like every word spoken in there was a random bunch of words that they were like, "Eh, here you go, here's a script. Um, And then they slowly start to put them in order in episode three, four, and five, which is what I've seen, and which is what is out currently at this recording time. Um, It's not set up. I think that what they should have done is they should have set it up exactly like the first series, just with different ninja, and it would have been a great series, but they didn't do that. They have to make a brother and sister sleep with each other. So, uh, <laughs> that is a big red flag for me. No thanks. Now kiss! Uh, which, they they only mentioned that in the first episode, and they haven't talked about it since, but that, every time I turn on the show, that is ringing in the back of my head, almost as if it's like tinnitus ringing in my ears. It's just like, they gotta sleep with each other. And Siblings being forced to bone. And, Siblings being and forced to bone. how do they bone. feel about this? I don't think they've really... They haven't really... I, I mean, the brother in the second episode was just gonna up and leave the village without telling anybody. Uh, that was one thing that was going to happen. But then he's like, oh, but then I can't have sex with my sister. <laughs> no, the sister <laughs> stopped him, but just because of their brother-sister bond. You know, they, they were like, wait, you were going to leave without telling me? And then suddenly there was an attack on ninjas. The bad guys showed up. And all the really cool ninjas that they had died in the first episode. Which, like, one side of the ninja fight... They introduced them in two or three episodes. There was three full episodes where we got backstory on them. And then the other side of the ninjas, they were just like, oh yeah, and those guys are dead too. And like, like they, they showed them and it was like, oh, 
these guys are super awesome ninjas too. But <coughs> but we're only going to show one of them being sleazy, and then he dies, and then the rest of them die off screen. It's like, wait, there's some really unbalanced work in this I mean, episode. I have to be honest, this winter season of anime is really kind of sucky. I mean, there's only this a- is probably the first year where I can't find something in this grouping of anime where I would actually think of it as a contender for best of 2017. Yeah, the only show that I really feel like I have to watch every time a new episode comes out. I mean, there's School Babysitters, that's pretty good, and yep. Takashi Kashi's cool, um, and and but everything else isn't really a high priority list except for Laid Back Camp. Like that's the only. I'd say thing. that and. Uh, Teasing Master Takagi-san has See, been even, excellent, too. Even that, for me, is like, okay, how many episodes can she just go on doing the same exact thing every single episode? I don't episode? know. I really like it still, too. I, no, I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I really like it, but we get it. She teases him. Yeah. That's the whole show, and it's every single episode. I you feel know? like what makes it work is the dynamic between the two characters. Yeah, it's but, not about the teasing; it's about what the teasing is going to lead towards. Yeah, well, and then there's, but there's already like a spinoff series like that exists of them being like, oh yeah, they're married and they have a kid, and and so so, so that mystery solved. Yeah, so like yes, it's like but, all right, which so I kind of hope that they do some adaptations of that in this um in the in anime. this anime because apparently there's a third spinoff and a manga series which focuses primarily on the women of Takagi-san. That are being adapted in this actual anime series. So mean, maybe, like, the last episode of Takagi-san is going to be of them being grown up and having a kid. Maybe. Um, are you talking about, like, the three girls that are best friends? Yep, that, those are actually from the spinoff manga. Okay, because those characters, those are my favorite characters in the show. Yeah, they're pretty awesome. Um, they're I, really I, funny. I especially like the girl with the big eyebrows. Yeah. Um... I they kind of remind me of those three friends in the beginning of uh, Haven't You Heard I'm Sakamoto? And they're <laughs> it's like, it's a show about them, or their but, segment's about them, but it's better. But I really like that girl's personality, because she acts, like, really tough on the outside, but as soon as something is, like, a little amiss, she gets really whiny, which is nice, because you don't see that very much. Like, uh, that in the first episode, there's... Um, you know, she's got her overconfidence thing going on, like, ha, I'm a cool girl, and woo, I'm gonna do all I'm these an adult. things. And then, uh, and then the, there's a scene where the teacher yells at, what's his name? Uh, the, the main character kid. Yeah, the um, boy. The main boy. Yeah, and, uh, and the whole classroom kind of goes like, oh, like, hushes up, but you hear her go like, uh, like, kind of like, <laughs> wince from it, and she's like, crying in the background. In the very back of the yeah, class. Yeah, and it's like... such a subtle detail, but it's such a good characterization, especially because she's always like, ooh, I'm really tough and I want to be an adult kind of a thing, and then she can just kind of be manhandled by everybody and she just starts whining, and I really love her personality. So she, them as a group, those three girls, I think they're more of a dynamic character set than the rest of the cast of the show. So. Mm. But I really like it when they're on screen the best for Takagi-san. Yeah. So, Evan, you watched a movie today. Well, there are a couple things that I wanted to talk about. But, yes, the the movie that I was very excited that Crunchyroll had released was Thunderbolt Fantasy, The Sword of Life and Death, 
which is going to bridge between season one and season two of Thunderbolt Fantasy. All right, we're going to have to remind our viewers what Thunderbolt Fantasy is because it was a long time ago that we talked about it. It is the most badass puppet show ever made. (laughs) That's all you need to say. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's an entire anime made out of marionette puppets, and it is incredible. It's yeah, bloody, uh, Dan Urobochi, it's gory. who wrote um, Modoka Magica, wrote the story. And Pilly, who I think is from Taiwan, did all the puppetry stuff. Well, I thought there was something about Square Enix on the show as well. No. Um, maybe they... I think Square Enix, uh, their, um, there was a manga adaptation. I think it was Square Enix's thing that launched the manga I version I could have sworn that it. it was the publishing company, that Square Enix was the publishing this anime. Well, if that's um, the case, then where the hell's our Thunderbolt Fantasy video game? Because I would play the crap out of that. <laughs> well, don't you see? When it comes to Square Enix, it takes about 20 years for one video game project to be finished. That is true. <laughs> that is true. Kingdom Hearts 3, coming in 2047. Final Fantasy 17, part one, coming four years from now. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... But the movie, which is just under 70 minutes long, is split into two parts. One of the, the first part is kind of a backstory about Xiaowu Shang, who was, who was I think, the last person that joined the group to, to go against the evil. And it's him taking part in the tournament to become the Sword Saint, ridding himself of his cursed name and bloodied past. And man, like... I know I was talking about like how badass the show is, but like the the puppet choreography in this in this like story arc, which by the way is a tournament arc, which you know, I know some people out there are really down for tournament arcs. Man, like it puts some of the best like kung fu live action movies to shame. That's awesome. And then the second half of this movie is a comedic look into Shang Buhang's adventure in the first season being told to him by someone that's impersonating him but doesn't know it, it's actually him. Oh, that's so weird. So it's kind of It like is that, really funny. It's like that episode of uh, Avatar The Last Airbender towards the end of the series. Where they're watching the play. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like that. And there's a lot of great gags and anime-inspired physical humor in that that's surprisingly funnier with the Ada puppetry. Like, remember, um, remember the, I forget the character's name, but he's like the brother, but he kind of looks like a pop idol that's growing up in like the Edo period of sorts. Puppet pal Clem. (laughs) (laughs) Like he gets omitted completely from this story. And like, as soon as that he's supposed to be announced and he goes, Oh no, there wasn't a character like that. And he does that little (laughs) sad crawl into a ball thing that you see in anime. Really? It is so cute in puppet form. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That's kind of cool. But yeah, I would highly recommend it because at the end of the movie, you get to see the characters that are going to be featured throughout the second season. And one of which, like, I don't, they haven't announced these characters' names, but I'm really excited with this one character who's got this, like, like demon-headed liar, you know, like the musical instrument mm-hmm. of the, the L-Y-R-E. Yep. And he's, like, playing it through a storm. And, like, as he's walking through the storm, the storm's, like, opening up. Like, the storm is afraid of this person. And it just looks so badass. Plus, during the end credits, you get to see a little bit of how they made the movie. And it's just amazing seeing them just flinging these puppets, like, back and (laughs) forth. Like, these are, like, works of art. And they're just, like, 
trashing the crap out of them. Yeah. Well, it's like I remember the the first episode when like the princess is running away from the bad guy and she jumps off a cliff, but clearly somebody just threw a puppet over like the edge of a table. Yes. <laughs> like it was it was really funny, but also very good. So Yes. But yeah, it, listeners, if you've not watched Thunderbolt Fantasy, you have to because it is an amazing show that you have to give like these creators props for making puppetry badass, which is something that you would rarely ever see happen. Yeah. Uh, the second thing, before I go into the main thing, and sure. I was really excited that Crunchyroll is doing simulcasts of the show Anasong Station. Now, mm-hmm. as someone that is a J-pop podcast host, like I like to stay on top of you know musicians and the like, and Anasong focuses primarily on... You know, anime theme songs and insert songs, and one of the people that hosts the show is uh, uh, Daimao Kosaka, who we here in America know as Picotaro. Uh-huh. And it's a really cool show, because it lets you know, like, okay, here's what are the top, here are the top ten, like, best-selling Anna songs of the week, and then you also get to go behind the scenes with some of, like, some of the performers, like right now they're focusing on like a Vocaloid who is, whose voice is used by like a very famous J-pop singer. Um, huh. I'm, I'm like blanking on the name right now, but I, but it's a really cool show because it lets you go into like what goes on behind the scenes. And then you have some guests come on. They sometimes perform their songs live on the show. And then in other cases, they will even talk about like their influences, like, uh, Asuka, who does the song Shining Days for Laidback Camp, and who will be at Anime Boston next month. I know, that's her second time, right? Well, no, this is her first This is her first anime convention that she's guesting at. Oh, really? Who am I thinking of? The one who did I the Sword Art no Online idea. opening? Is that just Asuka? Oh, that's Lisa. Lisa. Okay. I, I knew that it was just, like, a name. So yeah. I got it confused, and I was like, oh, that's the one who's been at Anime Boston before. It was really cute. Yeah, but um, Asuka was on the show recently, and she was talking about, like, with her being in high school, like, here are the three anime songs I like to listen to while I study. And she goes really surprisingly deep into what makes each of these songs so important to her when she's trying to focus on studying for a test. Yeah. So... And Song Station, like, if you're interested in Japanese music like I am, or if you're just curious about, like, anime theme songs, definitely give it a go. It's on Crunchyroll. I think as of this recording, there's about five episodes up, because it gets simulcast every week. Like, you know, all the anime does. That's pretty cool. And last but not least, finally, Netflix has unleashed to the American audience Kakegururi. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. And- I, this was a good show. This is a damn good show. Fun attention. I love Kakiguri. <laughs> Kakiguri is awesome. You know, like, I'm watching them play these games, and I'm like, this would be fun to do. Like, if there was, like, a non-18 plus version of Who Cringe Last, like, I would love to do it based on the games that are being played in Kakiguri. Yeah, let's, let's bet fingernails. <laughs> Without that part. And what I liked about the show, and I'm not going too deep into spoilers, is I liked how the character Yumiko, who's played by Sori Hayame, who is one of my favorite voice actresses, I like that she isn't always the winner throughout the whole thing. Like, mm-hmm. she loses. Like, like, when you watch a show like this, you assume that she's going to 
just keep going up and up and up and up in the ranks. But no, like in the third episode, like, boom, she becomes a pet. <laughs> and now she has to fight to get out of this petdom. Yeah. And initially, I was going to say, like, my favorite arc so far was the pop idol one. But, man, the uh, the one where they're playing poker with Kaeda, it's just so friggin' intense. And uh, yeah. it's so good. I, um... I'm trying to think of my favorite game. I really liked the fingernail one. That one was the one that, um... Made me say, oh man, the show's gonna go in some really good places. And I think that's why it was my favorite, is because, like, suddenly we're like, oh my gosh, we're really into it in this show. Like, yeah. what other possible crazy things could happen in this series? Russian Roulette. <laughs> that was intense. Too. Like, this is an amazing show. I hope people who are listening are going to check it out on Netflix. There is going to be a second season of it, so I'm very excited to see where yeah, they're which going was to take like, it. Really interesting. That that was even a thing that was that's happening now is that they're just like oh yeah second season of Kakaguri better didn't see that coming <laughs> we didn't well well right now as of as of this uh, recording too there's a live action version that's being uh, shown on Fuji TV <laughs> so I'm like really curious as to how they showcase these characters in a live action version yeah and make their weird ahegao faces whenever like they do something really good or really bad mm-hmm. Apparently, yeah, it's 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 a thing. They still make the faces, and really, yeah, yeah, like they like all the weird faces that they make. They try to emulate them as close as possible in the real in the real thing too. What kind of faces? I wish like we had like we could try to make those faces right now. <laughs> like if we had a video show, we have a video show, but not for the podcast. We can make those faces right now for for our audience. <laughs> I can imagine it being really tough, like. <laughs> We would have to do some things that I don't think would YouTube would allow us to do for order to make those faces. <laughs> nope, demonetized. <laughs> if we weren't demonetized already. I'm I'm interested to see how they do this in the live action version. I wish they were simulcasting this too on like either Crunchyroll or Java Fever. Yeah. I know. Yeah, it, it would it would have been awesome to be able to see that in real time, but instead we had to wait for it. But, you know, can't win them all. Can't win them all. No. No. I know we'll only have to wait a few more weeks for Violet Everglade, though, so I'm... Or Violet Evergarden. What? What is it? The new one from Keown Animation? Uh, I have no clue, actually. I know Frostbeard the Poor Master gets to watch it because they are simulcasting it on Netflix in Canada. Huh. Not here in America, though. No way. That's that's crazy. We'll have to, we'll have to consult him, then. Yeah. Woo! Crossovers. Yes. But yes, those are what I've been watching, besides the usual stuff. I'm awesome. still loving How to Keep a Mummy. I'm still loving Laid Back Camp. I'm still loving Teasing Master Takagi-san. Um, other things are very questionable still. Like, I, I still don't know why I'm still watching Miss Koizumi Loves Ramen Noodles, but <laughs> there it is. I'm still watching it. I know. I'm still watching... Uh... It started with a death march to a parallel world. Mm-hmm. I stopped watching it after episode two because I, I, it was kind of getting predictable. Well, I mean, you don't watch those shows because they're good. You watch them because, I don't know. <laughs> Are they worthy of being a train wreck to talk about? Who knows? Yeah, I did that with Seven Mortal Sins and I vowed to never do that again. <laughs> All right. 
Let's move on to our Tapagachi. Sure. It's been a long time since we've had an official topic for this show. And we want to talk about life, our personal lives, before anime. It was good. Back when we were just staring at blank walls doing nothing. (laughs) Well, the question is, what kind of uh, hobbies, what kind of uh, TV did we watch? All that sort of stuff before we realized that, you know, hey, anime is a good thing. Uh, oh man, Cowboy Bebop, I want more of that. Yep. <laughs> yeah, for anybody who doesn't know that history already, Andrew and I hated anime up until like our junior year of high school until one night we decided to stay up really late and watch the Cowboy Bebop movie on Adult Swim. And then from there, it was just like, all right, we're on board. Um, for me, it was when Pokemon started airing in 1998 on syndication before Kids WB picked it up. And that was the show that like told me, oh, Anime isn't bad. It's actually pretty good. Yeah. You well, know what's really funny, too, is that before that, bef- like, before Cowboy Bebop, we also avidly watched Pokemon. And it wasn't because it was a fad or anything like that. It was because Pokemon was on. Actually, as a matter of fact, it was supposed to be Extreme Ghostbusters. And then they changed up the TV lineup and it was Pokemon instead. And then we were like, well, what's this? Where are my cartoons? And uh, then we ended up watching Pokemon, and we liked it, and we kept on watching it all the time before we even knew what anime was. So we liked Pokemon, but we didn't avidly like it because it was anime. We liked it because it was a good show. Right. I would say with me, I think the first time where I really was starting to get into anime was kind kind of a scale between Tenchi Muyo and Outlaw Star. Mm. Like, I felt like those were the two shows that made me go, okay, there's something about this genre that I need to stick around for. Yeah, those are some two good shows for that to happen with, because, oh my gosh, I love that. To to this day, I am, like, super inspired by both of those. I have a bunch of animation cells from Tenchi Muyo. One from Outlaw Star. They only had one from Outlaw Star, but, but yeah, I, I love actually having pieces of animation cells now from those shows. Yeah. But, <laughs> but before anime... I I would watch, uh, you know, we I'd still watch cartoons. We were avid Cartoon Network fans. Oh, yeah, right. Because I've always been a creative mind, and I've always been drawing, and I've always been loving art and animation. But you didn't know if you wanted to be an animator. I didn't. I was, I was originally, I originally wanted to do film production. Yep. Uh, and, I mean, that obviously probably would have gotten me more money, and... <laughs> uh, and an easier easier time finding a job if I went to film production. But no, I wanted to be an artist. But animation was still a huge main streamline of going over that. For some reason, I got it in my head that anime was dumb and and I should hate this and I don't like it. And I don't even know why. I think I was just because I was a kid. I was a kid. I didn't understand it. You know, we tried watching Their Dragon Their mouths Ball. aren't moving in the right way. Well, I mean, we tried watching Dragon Ball Z. Dragon Ball Z was our first real exposure to anime. Yeah. And and I didn't really enjoy Dragon Ball Z. It was our dad who had told us. He was like, you know the anime that made this in Japan, right? He we did. were like, what? Yeah. Uh. We, were at, we were eating dinner at Grandma and Grandpa's house. We were like, this high. You can't see my hands, but they're very low to the ground. And we were eating dinner and watching Piccolo fight some dude, and Dad was like, 
yeah, you know, this is anime in Japan, right? And we said, what? And it's like, yeah, look at the way that their mouths are moving. It's not matching the, the flaps. And I don't remember that at all. Uh, I vividly remember that because it was Toonami. We were watching Toonami. We we did used to watch Toonami uh, at our grandparents' house when we were younger. Yeah, yeah. during dinner time. I remember when Outlaw Star was on Toonami in the midday, and then they they got to the part where they're like, "What the hell?" And they were like, "What? Yeah. There's cursing on television on cartoons. There's cursing on yeah. on Cartoon Network. No, not yeah. gonna happen." And it was like midday too. It wasn't even Adult Swim. Yeah. So. Or not midday, but evening dinner time. Yeah, it was like six thirty. I remember it was like Gene Stern went, "Yes, you do, you bastard." <gasps> yeah, yeah, you yeah, can yeah, say yeah, bastard yeah. on Cartoon Network. Yep, I I remember mm, that too times. as well. I remember that. Yeah, he said, "Listen to me, you lying bastard." And I was yeah. like, "Yes, <laughs> what? Shocking! That's scandalous." Cartoons saying curse words. Um, but cartoons are for kids, you know. So so we would watch Dragon Ball Z, but. But I wasn't really into Dragon Ball Z, and I think that just kind of kicked off the whole notion of, oh my gosh, every anime is like Dragon Ball Z. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's why we probably didn't like it, um, until I started to appreciate the art style as I got older. You know, I remember the day that we were watching, when you decided, animations for me, we were actually, it was before high school, and we were watching cartoons in the morning. Yeah. And at the time, our stepsister gave it was like, what are you guys still watching cartoons for? You know? And you were like, I want to be an animator someday. And just like, and she was like, what? And it's weird that I'm making her sound evil. She wasn't evil or anything like <laughs> that. But like, but it was just one of those like, those You're making child... her sound like Schwartz's mom in A Christmas Story. <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs> what? <laughs> you like animation? What? <laughs> um, and and it was at that moment we were watching Hey Arnold too. Which, by the way, did you watch the Jungle movie that wrapped everything up? It sucked. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I did not. But thank you for letting me know it sucked. Yeah, they basically like created a whole show that was just like tying all the like. Loose all ends. right, all right. Let's we gotta fit this in an hour and a half. Let's do it. It was very clear. That the creator of Hey Arnold wrote an entire season, but Cartoon Network said, no, we'll give you, you a movie. Nickelodeon? Yeah, Nickelodeon? Oh, yeah. Nickelodeon said, no, we'll give you a movie. And he said, all right. Yeah. And then it was terrible. You see, this is I have much higher hopes for the Rock is Modern Life one. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, that's different because they're not trying to When is that coming out anyway? I'm betting this summer. Huh. So um, that's a good transition back into it. Rocco's Modern Life. Yeah, Rocco's Modern Life was a huge part of our life. Mm-hmm. So Rocco, I, I we even have the entire complete collection of Rocco's Modern Life still. It's, it's still one of probably the one of the greatest cartoons ever made. Yep. Um, and I mean, uh, it's one of those things where you look, um, <coughs> where it just appears to you like on your daily basis of your life if you've ever watched a show. Like I was at the PBD Essex Museum. Uh, looking at the Georgia O'Keeffe exhibit, and there's a photo that is literally titled Georgia O'Keeffe holding the cheese. And all of a sudden, I'm like, she's holding the best character on the show! She's holding the character that's better than the bologna or the salami! Combined. Combined. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And going back to life before anime, we actually had a lot of friends that liked anime. Yeah. Um, all of our friends. No, not all of our friends. Maybe like half of them that would actively watch anime. And it was mostly Dragon Ball Z and Pokemon. But to us, 
we didn't we still didn't see it as anime um i mean dragon ball z maybe yes but uh pokemon not so much um we're too dumb and stupid to realize it yeah, it was a strange. It was a strange and Young because it kids. wasn't just Pokemon. You also had Digimon. You had Monster Rancher as well. There was yeah. there was all these sort of monster based shows. Sailor Moon, Samurai Pizza Cats. Yeah, that's we another Samurai one. Pizza Cats, Mega Man. But mm-hmm. but we um, you know, it, it's funny how how Japanese cartoons and Japanese animation and anime would always kind of be prevalent and prominent and kind of, you know, find its way somewhere into our early lives with us recognizing it. It was just cartoons when we were kids. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, you know, even like, even Japanese-based creations. Like, when I was a kid, I was really into Sonic the Hedgehog, which, of course, was a Japanese character that got two American cartoons and a really, really good comic book series, too, that I read practically for like 12 years straight yeah that was my other uh thing too uh is i want to talk about what hobbies did we have before we spent all of our time watching anime uh which andrew yours is still pretty consistent oh yeah i was drawing but uh (laughs) mine was comic books i always liked comic books um but i was a very confused comic book reader i didn't i was one of those kids who didn't know that there was Marvel and DC and which ones were which. And I was like, oh, everybody likes Marvel, so I'll do Marvel. But then I discovered Batman and how... Or actually, sorry, I discovered Teen Titans, really. Well... I always liked Batman, but I didn't realize that you could buy entire released volumes of Teen Titans all at once. Well, I bought the Teen Titans volumes first. Yep, but I finished it. Yeah, so I think I have the first three volumes of Teen Titans... Uh, in my collection, and then uh, and then you got like the '80s ones and yep. all those. Because uh, yeah, uh, life before anime was. I mean, we were even in high school before we started watching anime. Actively, it was a lot of life. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of life happened. So I anime. had a, I had I still had like a lot of comic books that I was making and a lot of characters that I was creating, and I was really working on a lot of stuff. Like I actually have. I don't know uh, how many people follow my Instagram. Uh, stick figure five thousand, but um, uh, uh, at Instagram, Shameless plug. but uh, but I just posted recently on my Instagram all my art books that I have, like where I get all my inspiration from, which is actually even bigger now, and I also have all my sketchbooks. It's o- literally over a decade of sketchbooks, uh, on on my shelf, which is really cool, and I can go all the way back. I think my the earliest completed sketchbook i have is 2007 um maybe even 2006 when i started and i sucked that was horrible (laughs) i was awful at art um but i really love doing it and uh i have an entire not an entire one but it's a it's a hardcover sketchbook that has just a bunch of blank page and pages inside and it was filled with a comic book that i used to draw and what probably one of my first superhero characters ever. And it was the third part of the three-part series. And I basically started doing out this comic book of the third part. And, and I've, I've read it a few times since. And I'm just like, oh, man. Like, I knew where I was going with the story. And it's actually kind of okay. But I'm not quite there yet. Like, I'm not at the point where I'm at right now. But it's still a good, good experience, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was that was a lot of my life before anime, which was all art, drawing, watching cartoons that were not from Japan, 
mostly Cartoon Network shows and especially Teen Titans, uh, which allowed me to be like, oh, hey, this is what I want to do instead. So, oh, yeah. you know what? You know what? Uh, you know what mine was? Um, editing videos. Uh, even, yeah. Even, like uh, th- my editing videos thing started way before college. It started way before anime or wicked anime. Well, we used to we used to make home movies. Yep, we had home movies where we would. And uh, no, don't ask. We're not going to show them to you. <laughs> So you uh, were like still... Brendan Small and all those other kid characters in the yes. show. Actually, it was exactly like that. Mm-hmm. Except we had, we and we even started out with a black and white camera. We did have a black and white camera. And uh, and it only recorded to the VHS player. Yeah, um... you had to have a blank tape in the VHS player. You had to plug the camera into the VHS player, hit the record button on the VHS player in order to make the camera record, and it would record directly to the tape. Yeah, uh, and... Uh, it was it was an interesting, but it was our first start, and uh, we do have a lot of our old, not the black and white stuff, but we do have stuff that on camera that Jonathan would edit in Pinnacle Studios, um, and we would use Pinnacle Studios to edit out and make DVD cuts of our old videos. We probably have DVDs of us when we were in like sixth grade, when we were like 11 years old. Yep. Which is insane to think about. Yeah. Uh, and then we had our first YouTube series, which was a bunch of just. It was just. We're not going to tell you the name. Nope. We're, <laughs> it was just a bunch of a group of our friends. That and we, we and we, we basically we basically did uh, jackass like antics. Yeah. Before that was considered one illegal, two like unsavory for mm. for the internet. Kind of worked out. Yeah, yeah, kind of worked out. out. I'm trying to think of like, okay, maybe because I know you guys have been talking a lot about what you did uh, when I was in, when I was a kid. You know, like 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 Andrew and John Starr. I watched cartoons. Like, I watched Sonic the Hedgehog. I watched like Sam and Max and Space Goofs and Three Friends and Jerry and you know the Ghostbusters and all that. But I also used to play baseball. Like one of my hobbies was I was on the Wyoming baseball team. Huh, that's awesome. And I would say about half the time I enjoyed myself playing. Uh, there was one year where we won basically every single game except for one. And that was like the one season where I actually hit my first home run. And then the following season, I was on a team where we lost every single game except for the one where the coach never showed up. Oh, so that kind of tells you. Who was to blame for our team's failures? <laughs> and I think that was, I feel like that was like the last, I think that was the last year I actually was in Wyoming baseball because that was, that kind of like killed my dreams. Like being on the most winning team to the most losing team. It was like, I, I, I've, I've lost all my passion for playing baseball. We actually were able to pull that off in baseball as well. Really? We, we, so you we were, like, on the most winning team and then the most losing team? No, we, we were... Well, we were on the most winning team one year, and we were also on the most losing team, but we beat the, we beat the most winning team. It happened yeah, once. Yeah, that didn't happen. That didn't happen with us. Oh, okay. It was like that, it was like that movie, The Bad News Bears, where <laughs> they were really bad, and then become good. But we weren't Yeah, that wasn't first. us for the last season. Um, <laughs> but... Besides that, I was really big into comic collecting. Like besides Sonic the Hedgehog, I used to collect like 
G.I. Joe. I had some of the... Um, I had some Batman, Superman. I had a Shadow Man comic collection, one of which had a story arc that was a uh, collaboration with the band Aerosmith. <laughs> which was I thought was really cool. Yeah. The one that... And I know I've brought this comic up a lot in past episodes, but the one that I fell in love with the most was The Max. Mm-hmm. Even though yep. I probably should not have been reading that as an 11-year-old kid. <laughs> probably not, but I too like The Max. And I, I felt bad that it never had another second season of the animated series, because I felt like the second half of the series where it was getting really good, really dark, and was getting really into the psychological aspect of why Mr. Gon was doing what he was doing. He was still a terrible character, but now you have an understanding of why he did what he did. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think. Well, and I used to also really be into, like, professional wrestling. Like, I had, like, all the action figures. I used to watch all the pay-per-views and all the Raw stuff and SmackDown, ECW. I really didn't get too big into WCW, though. Although, like, when a WCW wrestler would go over to the WWF, I would buy the WCW action figure so I could still have them be, like, wrestling one another. <laughs> That's awesome. So, like, when, when, like, the big show went from WCW to WWF, I bought, like, the I bought the Paul White action figure from WCW to have him face off against, like, The Rock and Stone Cold. And you know, <laughs> I had, like, the ring. I had the Titan Strong. I even, like, I even built my own, like, Stadium to surround the the ring to, the ring with, so it would feel like I was actually having like this big pay per view event with my action figures. You know, I was also really big into gaming too. That's why I was really into like playing like Sega Genesis, Nintendo sixty four, and the original Game Boy that weighed ten pounds. <laughs> yeah, but like I loved playing like Sonic the Hedgehog and. Um, Ren and Stimpy, Stimpy's Invention, Booger Man. That was a great one. Which one? Ren and Stimpy, Stimpy's Invention. Oh, yeah. That was, like, one of the best tie-in games ever made. One of the most super fun. That was a game that I would beat constantly over and over again. The same with Booger Man. And Earthworm Jim 2, I would say, was, like, the one of the best, like, sequels to a video game ever made. Like, Oh, most I definitely. Try, I, I, I remember playing Earthworm Jim and liking it, but I fell in love with Earthworm Jim 2. I, I was... I, I actually am a huge advocate for the first Earthworm Jim, personally. Like, I speedrun it still every once in a while. Okay. But I, too, also really like Earthworm Jim. On our Sega too. Genesis that we still have. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, my Genesis is still up in my attic, too, as is my Nintendo 64, my GameCube. I don't have my Wii anymore because Wii U is backwards compatible, so I gave that up in a, in a yard sale. But before anime, I was still a geek and a nerd in some way or some fashion. Mm-hmm. So, right. uh, it's time. I We had all of our fan service. I believe so. We didn't have much, which is fine. I think. Yeah. I think we didn't have much. Well, anyway. I think so. Again, if we keep forgetting if we keep forgetting to do your fan service that you sent over and you really want us to talk about something on the show, let us know. Ping us again. Yeah. And you can always let us know. Of course, over at WickedAnimeReviews at gmail.com. That's WickedAnimeReviews, all one word, at gmail.com. You can also find us at Facebook.com slash WickedAnime, where we post all of our news, updates, and whatever else we have going on. And hey, 
Maybe we'll talk about Con Month, because guess what? Next month is Con Month! Woo! Con Month! Woohoo! Yeah, next episode we start Con Month before we head off to Anime Boston, do two episodes for before Anime Boston and one episode at Anime Boston after we finish. Uh, and then, of course, we have uh, all of our... Uh, you can find our us also, uh, if you're not listening to this podcast, on nerdyshow.com slash wickedanime. You can also find uh, those podcast links at uh, SoundCloud and iTunes. And, of course, all the other sites where you can find podcasting such as Stitcher and Podchasers and all this other cool stuff. And... You can find our videos on nerdyshow.com slash wickedanime, but you can also find our videos mainly on YouTube. If you go subs- give us a subscribe on youtube.com slash reviews, that would be awesome. And then watch all of our videos from beginning to end in sequential order so that we can get our money back. Yeah, so we can get our $4,000. <laughs> Um, or four thousand. Four thousand hours. We're not. We're not even close to getting four thousand dollars. No, that's Please not. That's for sure. <laughs> but uh, and then of course you can find us on all the social medias. You can find us at. Uh, Tumblr at wickedanime.tumblr.com. You can find us at Twitter and tweet us at yo wicked anime. Uh, you can uh, find us on Twitch maybe at wicked anime play, uh, and that's about it. I think. Sure. Yeah. You know where to find us. Google by now. us. Unless Google you're new, wicked then anime. welcome. Google wicked anime. <laughs> oh, we're not that kind of show. <laughs> We are not that kind of show. Keep your memes to yourself. <laughs> your memes and your soundboards. <laughs> wait, wait, let me see. Maybe, uh, let's see if I can find... Nope, not that one. <laughs> there we go. For uh. shizzle, bizzle. How about that? <laughs> Nailed it. No. <laughs> Evan, go ahead. All right, so for the recent news, reviews, podcast episodes, and videos of the Boston Bash Brigade, you can find us at www.b3crew.com. If you have any questions, comments, or if you're in a band and want to be featured on our No Borders, No Race podcast, you can write to us at thebastards at bostonbastardbrigade.com. You can follow me on Twitter and the J-Pop video games and uh, anime amino pages at kingbaby.esh. On Instagram at Omnistry, that's O-M-N-I-S-T-R-Y, and on Tumblr at b3crew.tumblr.com. Like us on Facebook.com slash Boston Bash Brigade and Facebook.com slash Land of Esh. And don't forget about all the other sites under the Land of Esh, including The Electric Sisterhood, Phil's Recap and Review, and Smashed Rook. All right. Great. So... I'm excited for next episode. Yeah. Start con month. We do finally start con month. I can't believe it's so close. Hopefully we have a good episode. Maybe we should start planning for it. Well, yeah. I mean, I gotta finish the panels. Oh, yeah. We gotta start working on the panels. And we gotta... Yeah. We gotta meet up and, <laughs> and finish up the panels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We gotta come up with some games. We gotta come up with some clips. Man. We're in trouble. Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> ah! I well, don't want con month to happen. Well, the hardcore anime panel is gonna be okay. All right. So, until next time... It's time to sign off. The only way we know how. K-Bye! K-Bye! <laughs> Stop it! No!
hey, let's talk about Aramanga Sensei. <laughs> Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 